of a part two of what I shared last Sunday and uh, goes in conjunction with that message. I encourage you to go back and watch it. We talked about guarding your heart. We used the story out of First Kings chapter 19, so you can go there if you want to. Um, we kind of read verses 1 through 4 last week. Today we're going to go verses 5 through 19. And last week I talked about, this is a book, if you, if, you, if you like to read, I encourage you to get this book called Out of the Cave by Pastor Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands. And it's just a great book. He's a, he's a pastor. He has a pastor's heart. And he just realized that in his own life he had uh, struggled a lot with depression, anxiety, different things like that. I have as well. And um, he said I just he wanted to write a book about it, so he took God's Word plus a lot of secular things and psychiatry and things, but really the, the ultimate healing is God's Word, amen? And so he really wrote a great book about this. And last week what I talked about were six things that I told that we had to guard our heart from. It was basically six things that can get you into, cave, into the caves of life, the cave times. And today I'm going to talk about five things. So if you're taking notes on the back, you can write down five but I'm going to talk about five things that helps us get out of the cave and helps us to step into the light. And in pulpits across America, something that we don't talk about a lot, we talk about physical healing a lot, but we don't talk about mental healing. We don't talk about mental health. We don't talk about emotional health, healing of the mind. Uh, that's the battlefield of the mind is where the enemy plays at, our soul, mind, will, and our emotions. And so... Uh, I'm going to take God's word, and we're going to look at a prophet who has, um, who's suffering from depression. Um, and I'm going to tell you, his name is Elijah, one of the greatest prophets that's ever lived. Um, and he was on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17. He came with Moses when they showed up that day. Um, this guy's in, he didn't even see death. Okay, if you know the story. He was taken up into heaven in a fiery chariot. Uh, by the way, I think that's going to happen to all of us too, amen? We're, we're the Elijah generation. That's going to happen to us. And, but James, the book of James in the New Testament says that Elijah was a man just like we are. And, and I'm going to tell you, yes, he was a great prophet, but he had a mind just like you do. He was a human just like you, and he went through depression too. And we're going to learn from him today. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. And we're going to start in verse 5. And uh, it says this, it says that he says he lay down, before I get into this, I'm just going to say one more thing about mental health. Everybody see I got glasses on? Okay, do you know what that means? I can't see 2020, all right? And so, but y'all don't ever think less of me for getting up here on a Sunday morning wearing glasses, right? So, well, Pastor Mark, you don't handle faith, he can't even believe for his own eyesight, Right? And we get off into some really weird stuff in the body of Christ with things about our faith. No, I got, by faith, I went and bought glasses <laughs> to correct my vision. The reason why I say that is because y'all don't think any less of me for wearing glasses today. But when we start talking about mental health, it's got such a stigma in our society. When somebody starts talking about mental health, we just automatically go, they're crazy. They're crazy. And guys, your brain is just like your eyes. It's it's an organ in your body that sometimes it doesn't fire right. Amen? And so sometimes we need help also with medicine. So I'm not telling you don't go see your doctor and talk to your doctor about it. All right? But I also believe that God's word speaks into this and helps us to heal 
And to re- that's all we're doing today as we're living here on this planet is we're renewing our mind according to the Word of God. Amen. And I've had to have help in this area myself. I've went to a doctor and got help. And thank God it helps. Amen. Along with the Word of God. So just wanted to say that. First Kings chapter 19, verses 5 through 8. So I'm bringing this subject out into the light. It says, Then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. And at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. I want you to notice something. The, the angel didn't say anything great and spiritual to Elijah. He said, Get up and eat. Everybody say, Get up and eat. See, now I'm ready for lunch right now. Get up and eat. He says, Get up and eat. And I'm going to say this, and you need to write this down. Sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is take a nap and eat a snack. I'm serious. Amen. <laughs> I'm in too. Amen. And I've had t- Jada tell me, Jada gets on to me all the time. She says, Mark, you're my 53-year-old toddler, and I can tell when you need a nap and when you need a snack because you get out of all sorts, and it's not just your little ones. I still do it today, and I'm 53. She calls me her 53-year-old toddler. All right, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. I love this. He's my, Elijah's my kind of guy. I like two naps. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said this again. Notice it's no great revelation from the throne of God. It's just something very physical that we all can do. He says, get up and eat. And for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And I'm going to tell you one of the first things, one of the most practical things you can do when you feel like you're in depression or you're in those cave times of life, um, you know, you're just, you don't feel like you're hearing from God, all those things, is you need to take care of yourself physically. Jade and I, you know, you need to start eating right, you need to start getting the right amount of sleep that you need, all those things. So you're, we're so intertwined, spirit, soul, and body, and so you need to start taking care of yourself physically. And everybody said amen. And so when you start doing that, this is number one. When you start recognizing, I need to take care of myself physically, I need to get up and eat, like we're looking at the, the prophet Elijah what you're doing is, is you're, you're making a conscious decision that I'm stepping into a needed recovery. I'm making a decision that I'm going to... Because here's the deal, guys. If you don't prioritize your life, and I'm talking prioritize your life, spirit, soul, and body. If you don't do it, if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. And that's basically what happened in the mind of the prophet of Elijah was he was doing great. You know, he called down fire from heaven, you know, Prayed for rain, it rained, and then somebody spoke, which was we know that it was Jezebel, and she said, I'm gonna kill you. She sent a servant and said, I'm gonna kill you by this time tomorrow. And he let that one word prioritize his life. I'm gonna say this for all the young people in here. Some of you are on social media and you're seeing something that one of your friends or somebody else posts or they say about you. There's such a thing as cyberbullying. I'm I'm aware of that. But you're taking that one thing that somebody said about you and you're letting that run your life. And ruin your life. And don't do it. And everybody said, amen. If I don't prioritize my life, someone else will. Psalms 90 verse 12 says, teach us this in the Living Bible, says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. There's such a thing as time management. 
God made you a human being, not a human doing. Sometimes you need to learn how to say no to stuff. Sometimes you need to put boundaries on your life. Know what to say yes to, know what to say no to. Amen? Because you can run yourself ragged. And every time you do that, when you say no, you're making a step into a needed recovery. Because you don't have to say yes to every little bitty thing. Amen? And, I, and I'm, I'm one of those yes guys. I like to say yes to everybody because I want to please everybody. I want everybody to be my friend. Finally, one day I realized, Mark, they're not going to like you anyway. Some of them are not going to like you anyway, even when you say yes. So you've got to learn what from God, from him, what I need to say yes to and what I need to say no to. And everybody said amen. Okay, running along, we're going to just keep chopping away at this story in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 5 through 19. So now in verse 9, it says this. It says, There he went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. <laughs> there he is, okay? He's just having a pity party. And notice the Lord does not say to him, gosh, Elijah, I'm so thankful for you, and you're such a great prophet, and all these things. What the Lord told him says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. In the presence of God is everything you have need of. And sometimes that just means, it means, yes, going to church, getting in the presence of God, but at home, just put on some worship music and get into the presence of God. And whenever you say, well, I just don't feel God, well, here's the deal. The Bible says in John chapter 4, and we're seeing this with the Asbury revival that's going on right now, all you got to do is worship God and he'll come find you. That's it. So if, you, if you're having one of those off days, off seasons, whatever it is, and you're just like, man, I don't feel God. I don't, you know, I don't sense him. Just stop what you're doing and start, start worshiping him. And he'll come find you. And so that, he said, There's, there it is. Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Sorry, get you caught up here. There we go. And then in the second one, it says, After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. So there's earth, wind, and fire for you guys. That's a joke. God, see, I worked on that all week, and it's just, that just felt like flopped. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. So God wasn't in all the dynamic stuff. He was in a, the still, small voice. And what we, the second thing that you've got to do, and this is what I'm talking about, you've got to step into a God encounter Get around people of God. Get into God's presence. Worship him. Whatever you got to do, get into God's presence. And a lot of times what we do, and I've done this, I've been guilty of this myself, we, start, we look for the dynamic, but God is in the intimate. Psalms 46.10 says, be still. Just stop what you're doing. Be still. And then he says, and then you're going to know that I am God. So that's how you step into a God encounter. I love this, you know, Asaph wrote this psalm in Psalm 73, and, uh, and if you, I just encourage you to read all Psalm 73 because the, about the first 15 verses, he is just griping, moaning, and complaining about what's going on in his world at that time and in his culture. 
And then he says this. He says, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God, until I got in the presence of God. And then you know what? It doesn't, all that stuff that's going on out here in our culture, in our world, is, doesn't mean anything. We need to get in God's presence and start getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And everybody said, amen. And um, I'm going to, let's keep going here, okay? 1 Kings 19, verses 13 through 14 says, When Elijah heard it, okay, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And when I was looking at this, what happened, even though Elijah, he knew the Lord, he was a great prophet, says he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And what this is showing us is that um, the face means identity. So he was having some identity issues. And there's a lot of people in the body of Christ today that have identity issues. They let the enemy beat them up to the point where they don't feel like that they're a son and daughter of the Most High God. They feel like an orphan. You're, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not an orphan. You're a son and daughter of the Most High God. You need to know who you are in Christ. And so here was this great prophet who's just like us, who's having an identity issue in, a, in this cave time. And then it says again, then a voice said to him, here it is again for the second time, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. Here it is again. He's whining and complaining. The Israelites have, have rejected your covenant. You see what's going on in our culture today, Lord. Torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. There he is again. Same old sob stories going on. And so the third thing that you're going to have to do when you find yourself in cave times is you're going to have to step into your true identity. Don't believe the lies from the enemy. Look at somebody and say, don't believe what the enemy's saying about you. Don't believe. Jeze the Jezebel spirit, what it tries to do is take away the voice of God from your life. The prophetic voice of God, what God's speaking over your life, to remove it. And you can't let that happen. You've got to know who you are in Christ. A lot of people around here, Dusty and Betty and some of you, and Patricia, some of you guys call me PM. And so I came up with something. I came up with a, a translation of my, my translation of the Bible, and it's PMT, Pastor Mark's translation, okay? <laughs> All right, I'm going to show you my translation of this verse, okay? I'm going to step into Elijah's shoes. 1 Kings 19, verse 14, PMT, okay? Pastor Mark translation. I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. I've been teaching your word almost every Sunday for the past 23 years. Our government is corrupt. The culture is going to hell. Lord, did you see the Grammys in the halftime show at the Super Bowl? I'm only one left, and Facebook is trying to kill me. <laughs> yeah, amen. Pastor Mark translation. Because it's amazing to me, when Jezebel said that, and I said this last Sunday, it's like somebody saying something to you on Facebook, on social media, and it wrecks your whole day, your whole life. It ruins everything. And that's not who you are. And by the way, social media is just everyone's highlight reels, okay? That's not real life, amen? It's not real life. I'm the only one left, and Facebook is trying to kill me too. That's Pastor Mark's translation. Now, if, if this happened to a great prophet, how much more could this also happen to us? 
And I'm going to give you what Eleanor Roosevelt said. She says, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So, so what we learn from this story, even this great prophet of God who knew who he was, he even consented to what Jezebel had said over him. Instead of saying, you know, what his true identity was. So we've got to know who we are in Christ. Now we're just jump down to verse 15. And it says, this is what the Lord said. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came. And I underline that. And I know there's, you know, and so I'm going to tell you what, where God was telling him to go. He basically told him to go back to Beersheba. And Beersheba is where he, where the, it was, Beersheba means the place of oath. And this is where basically Elijah had surrendered his life to the Lord. And so basically he's telling him, go back to where you came so you know who you really are in me, your true identity. And then get up and go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, notice God don't talk about any of the, the things that he's griping and moaning and complaining about. And he says, when you get there, anoint Haziel king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nishmi king over Israel. And anoint Elisha son of Shaphat from Abel Mahola. I hope these are how I say you say all those. To secede you as prophet. Okay? So he's telling him something. And this goes to number four. And Jehu will put to death, and this is what he tells him. When you do this, when you anoint these guys, Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Haziel. And Elisha will be put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserved, listen to this, Elijah, you're not the only one, son. I've reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. This is 1 Kings 19. If you guys will go home and read 1 Kings 18, somebody by the name of Obadiah told him, look, I've been hiding prophets of God in caves all over the place. So he already knew he wasn't the only one left, but that's how the enemy singles you out and just makes you feel like you're the only one going through this. You're not the only one going through it. And everybody said amen. And so what God's telling him through this, he says, I want you to get out of the cave, Elijah, and you're going to step into your new assignment. God basically gave him a vision. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. PMT version, where there is vision, the people thrive and are alive. God wants you to give you an assignment every day. You might be saying, what's my assignment? My assignment is, here's, I'm going to just give you some of my assignments. My assignment is to get up and love my wife every day like Christ loved the church. And Jada said, amen. And then, and then I'm to love my family. I'm to be a husband first. Then I'm to be a father to Taya. Then a grandfather to Jarek and Ava, which I enjoy doing thoroughly. Thank God for grandchildren. And then God called me to be a pastor and to shepherd his flock and to teach him the truth. So that's my assignment. Amen. What's your assignment? If you're married today, your assignment is, first of all, to your spouse. So that, ought, that ought to get you out of bed. And some of you are going, no, it don't. <laughs> it ought to. It ought to. That's your assignment. This, and so what the enemy does is whenever we get into these cave times, is he gets us singled on ourselves, and we become, he gets us all selfish thinking, and it's all about us, and it's all about me, and you, you can't even think about your spouse, you know, somebody that's, and what it's doing to them. We need a new assignment, amen? I love what this guy said, Victor Frankel, and some of you may not know him, but this man, um, 
helped a lot of people that were Holocaust survivors, the Jewish people. And uh, some of you, if you've ever studied this, but when the Jewish people in the Holocaust, the ones that survived because of guilt and everything, there was a lot of suicides. And this man stepped up to the plate and helped a lot of people overcome that with hope. And one of the things he said in one of his quotes was, people have enough to live by but nothing to live for. They have the means but no meaning. And, um, guys, you've got to have vision. You've got to get an assignment for your life. Amen. And I know that this, this, what I'm talking about this morning, this own congregation has been touched by suicide several times, and I don't, I don't want that. That's a spirit, and I do not want it around here no more. And if you're struggling with it, you need to talk to somebody. Come talk to me. Talk to a trusted friend. Talk to somebody. You have meaning. You have life. You have an assignment. You have purpose. You're here for a reason. One of, there was somebody dear to me, or, I mean a friend, that somebody that I knew um, that went down this road, and um, I'll never forget something that Dusty told me, and we were talking about it. And Dusty said, you know, and um, he said, and when I, I remember that Sunday I'd preached about David and Goliath. And the Lord showed Dusty, he said, uh, he said the, the enemy's voice got so loud in his life it was like Goliath. And he succumbed to it. And um, if, if the enemy is speaking to you like that, you're in a cave. You really are. And you need to talk to somebody. Because sometimes we need help to be led out of the cave. And that's when you need to cry out for help. Help, I'm in darkness and I can't see any light. And so cry, cry out for help. Get help. And everybody said, amen. And a lot of times, guys, I'm going to tell you this, there, there's a lot of signs, uh, you know, when people are having those thoughts and things. Don't discount it if somebody's talking about it. But also pay attention to the ones that are quiet and not saying anything. And um, that's where we all have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Lord, show me, some, you know, Lord, I'm here and on this earth. Maybe your assignment is to lead somebody out of the cave. Okay. And so uh, be, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18, was what, something that Apostle Paul penned. And he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. This man went through a lot of cave times, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He says, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Some of the things this man went through, the Bible says that he was beaten with 39 stripes, not once like Jesus was, but five times. He was, you know, snake-bitten, shipwrecked, stoned to death, you know, tried to be stoned. I mean, this man went through a lot for the gospel's sake and for Jesus' sake. He says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving, and you're, we're saying, for our light and momentary troubles. Really, Paul? Your light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And you're like, how in the world did he say that? And this is the reason why. His focus was not on the darkness. His focus was on the light. He says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's how the apostle Paul went through all that. And he was a man just like he was somebody that went through all the things like we go through. Now we're going to go down to verse 19. And so it says that Elijah went from there and found Elisha, 
son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. And Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. And what I love about this, what God is, is telling all of us, when you find yourself and you're in a cave time, you need to find a trusted friend. You need to get into relationship with somebody. Christianity is not a Lone Ranger event. Amen? And I'm going to tell you something, guys. This comes about three, some of you may know this, but about three, three or four years ago, um, there was like, and it was made national headlines, there was like three, I believe, three pastors that had committed suicide. And, and I'll never forget, I, I actually saw the picture of one of them, and I think I showed it to Jada, and it was a young man, had a beautiful wife and beautiful kids. And so even people in the pulpit, even pastors, even leaders are, are subject to this in these cave times, can get over and, and you've got to, and that's why I have relationships with other pastors. I want people to speak into my life. I want people to say, hey, Mark, are you okay? Is everything okay? And I've had some friends ask me that. And I, you need to be a friend like that too. Amen. And, and so this, this last thing is, because I don't want you to ever feel alone, you need to step into a relational strength. And that's what God was telling him. You're gonna, you're gonna, there's going to be a guy. If you go back and read this, when this all started with Elisha or Elijah, he had a servant, but the Bible says he left his servant there. So he went alone. That's not a good place to be is alone. You need to have people with you. And so you need to step into relational strength. And this is where look carefully at the closest associations in your life, for that is the direction you are headed. Kevin Eikenberry said that. You need to have some good friends. Amen? Good trusted friends. I love 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. It says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So here's Pastor Mark's translation. Be led. Good company makes mo better good character. Amen? And uh, so, guys, get, get some good friends, good trusted friends with you. Don't get in those cave times all alone. And everybody said amen. And that is how you step into the light, out of the cave. Did this help anybody this morning? Okay. And uh, I pray I'll send you my notes or whatever if you need them. But, guys, this is serious business in the body of Christ. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. We need to be highlighting the light that's going on and quit focusing on the darkness. It's, it, you know, I know Grammys, just like what I said, Pastor Moore's translation, Grammys, God, did you see that? You know, and that's where we get, sometimes we get so focused on what's going on in the darkness that we, <laughs> we can't focus on the darkness. We've got to focus on the light. I'm going to tell you guys, it's going to get darker and darker and darker. But we have got to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And how we get brighter is by focusing on the light and not on the darkness. And everybody said, amen. And then I'm praying that, that if you come across anybody that's spelunking, anybody know what that means? I learned a new word. Spelunking is somebody that, you know, likes to go cave, into caves. If you find somebody that likes to go into caves, help them get out of there. Be that friend that brings them back out into the light, okay? We got too many too many Christians today are dwelling in caves, and it's time for all of us to come out into the light. And everybody said amen. Amen. I want everyone to bow your heads in here this morning.
in we're going to have baptisms here in just a second. If you guys will get, uh, tell Patricia and all them, we can bring the kids back out here to their parents after we pray here. And because uh, I want the kids to, to witness this as well, the, the water baptisms that we're going to have here in just a moment. And uh, yeah, so if our baptismal guys will get ready and uh, we're going to do that and we'll have our praise team come back up here too. But I just want to make sure, and we do this every Sunday at Harvest Fellowship Church. Last Sunday, I had this whole family come up to me and said, Pastor Mark, we prayed this prayer, and we want to follow the Lord in water baptism. And so you just, I just never know who's here on that particular Sunday. Also, who's watching online, who's, who's listening by radio. This will be broadcast next Sunday on the radio. And so I want to lead you in a prayer. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth we shall be saved and so I want to lead you in this prayer this morning just to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior to have him ask him to come into your life this is where you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and the Bible says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved so even if you are saved and you know the Lord I want you to repeat this prayer with him say Lord Jesus I need you in my life I believe you are the Son of God and you died on the cross for me and rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins and create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my Savior. You are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said, Amen. Now, if that's the first time that you've prayed that prayer, your very next step of obedience and what we're going to witness here this morning is to follow the Lord in water baptism. And uh, it's very important. There's something very spirit. It's not just getting wet. There's something very spiritual that happens in these waters. In fact, when you do it, it's the, it's the first step of obedience. And so you're putting yourself on the right path when you do that. And I love, it seems like we have lots of, yeah, come on in, kids, and go, to, go sit with your parents right now. And it seems like that, um, that this is my greatest joy as a pastor, is, is, is baptizing people. God spoke over us many years ago. A prophetic voice spoke over our church, uh, the ministry here, that, that, that we were a light set on a hill, and that, that we were a voice crying out in the wilderness and preparing the way of the Lord, and that there was going to be a lot of water baptisms, and we have had a lot of water baptisms, and there is Mr. Jarrett coming in. Uh, uh, and so this is just a time of celebration with them. Uh, water baptism, it symbolizes the supernatural connection with the body of Christ. Yeah, come on up here when you guys get ready. And we'll get our praise team on up here as well. Um, so the Water baptism is a very important thing, and we got Jada's going to be taking pictures, right? Or Patricia is, or Anita, yes, okay. And I'll have Patricia up there in the baptistry with me here in just a second. We're waiting on Kyle and Lori as well. Don't you like the t-shirts we get them? All in. And then, yeah, yeah, just the all in on the front. And uh, Kyle and Lori will be coming here in just a second. I want to say this, um, another announcement that's, off the subject of this, because um, Serena Kalk had texted me this week to announce this to our church family, 
that uh, about the Methodist Church because she knew that we had been uh, praying for them, praying for their church, and we have. Um, and Will Bowie got to go and, and minister to their church on one Sunday morning, bring the message. And so she was just thanking us. And I I'd told them in the beginning of all this, I said, hey, we've, I've got several guys in our church, ladies too, that could bring the message on a Sunday if you, if you need that to happen. And I know that Sheldon Rounds had reached out to Will Bowie, and so he brought the message one Sunday for them. But the, their church, and guys, I don't want to single out the Methodist church because in these last days, this is going to happen, and you're going to hear it more and more and more. All right, it's going to be happening in all denominations. It's even going to be happening in non-denominational churches as well. And so there's just uh, this the good and the evil, what's right and what's wrong. And praise God that their church decided to go with what's right, with what it says in the Word of God. And and I'm telling you, guys, we've we've uh, I've had to put something in our church bylaws of of what we believe about gender cannot believe I have to put that in the word of, in our bylaws, but I have to to keep from people from suing the church. So I've had to put in a statement in there about what we believe as gender, male and female, and then also about what we believe uh, at what a marriage is before God, between a man and a woman. And so we've had to put those things, and that's the whole thing that's been happening in uh, the, the Methodist church. And uh, so she let me know. We had a little fun with it. I'm just going to tell you what happened. She sent me a text, and she goes, Pastor Mark, thank you, and and please tell your congregation on Sunday, thank you for praying for us, because we passed it. Uh, Our church had the vote, and we voted 70 to 1. 70 to 1. So that's good news. But I texted her back, and I said, now I want to know who the one is. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. We'll bring out the Old Testament. No, uh, Lord, forgive me for even saying that. We need to be, whoever that one is, we need to be praying for them, okay? Because, guys, it's just, it, it can't get any clearer what the Word says about all that. And so I'm praising God for them. Keep them in your prayers because they are um, searching for a pastor. Um, I, there's, there's several guys there that I believe they ought to step up the plate and do it themselves personally. But... Um, but that's, but that's their decision, not ours, amen? And, but just be praying, praying for them, okay, guys? Uh, because they are, they, they said they're still looking for a pastor. Yes. Do what? <laughs> 21 to zero. Thank you for sharing that. I didn't know that. Amen. See, my broker, my broker actually goes to that church as well. I'm sure she was going to tell me that this week, so that's awesome. Good news. And so, guys, that, that's, that's stepping into the light and shining light on this situation. And so we just need to keep praying for that. All right, now we're going to shed some light over here. I love this family. Um, God's doing a work in this family. Raiden, you've never been baptized, have you? You have once, okay. Today is a, is a new day. Lori told me, she said, Pastor Mark, I've been baptized twice. I want to do it third time. Third time's a charm. Amen. <laughs> Kyle said he's never been baptized, right? Amen. So last Sunday, the Lord was really doing a work in this family, last Sunday. And they came up to me after church and said, we want to follow the Lord in water baptism. So um, I'm going to give you a charge and then a charge to our congregation. Then we're going to go up here and we're going to baptize you guys. So Raiden, Kyle, and Lori, do you promise according to grace given to you 
to celebrate Jesus' presence and to further his mission in the world. If so, say we do. Amen. Here's a charge to all of us here today. Will you support these newest members to the body of Christ with prayer, words, and deeds to help them grow in their knowledge and their love of God? If so, say we will. Amen. Now I want you to stretch forth your hands as an act of faith, and we're going to pray over them today. Father, I thank you for this family. I thank you for what you're doing in Raiden's life, what you're doing in Kyle, what you're doing in Lori. God, I thank you that they have stepped out of darkness and into your marvelous light. God, they're making public their confession of faith in you today. God, we're, we are rejoicing with them as their church family. But Lord, I thank you that there's angels here to this morning and in heaven rejoicing with them as well and with us. And so, Father, we thank you this morning for Jesus. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for hope. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit, Father. And Father, I pray over Raiden and Kyle and Lori today. I pray that you grant them the strength, the endurance, and the faithfulness to live the Christian life, to live for you. And so, Father, we thank you that they're never going to stray to the right or to the left. They're going to follow you all the days of their life. Today is a new day, God, new day. God, what happens in these baptismal waters is they're identifying with you, with your death, your burial, and your resurrection. But also, Lord, they're saying we are a new creation in Christ today. These baptismal waters are washing away Egypt, washing away sin, washing away all the things of the past. And when they come up out of these waters, they're going to be a new creation in you, God. And we give you praise and give you glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's go celebrate with them with water baptism. Amen. We'll let Lori go first, and then we will do Raiden. Then we'll do Raiden, and then we're going to do Kyle. How about that? Appreciate Dusty every time I text him and say, hey, Dusty, fill up the holy hot tub. So he gets it filled up for us. Come in here, Lord, and just sit down right there on that little bench. Yeah. And then hold your nose with one hand and then that right there. Okay. Lori, upon your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good job, Lori. Proud of you. Amen. Next one is Raiden. Amen. Raiden, how old are you, buddy? Thirteen. Come on down here. Maybe turn around and sit down right there on that, on that bench. Yeah. All right. Now take one hand and hold your nose and this one right there. All right. Raiding upon your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, buddy. Good job. All in.
next one is Kyle. just about baptized yourself, brother. <laughs> right there now. Grab your, grab your hand and put it up on your nose and this one on your wrist. Okay. Kyle, upon your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, brother. Amen. 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 Amen, brother. Amen. I love it. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right, let's all stand up, and we're going to go out worshiping the Lord today. Amen. And I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Amen, Kyle. You betcha.
good. Jerk said he wanted to come up here with me to speak the blessing over you. So I said, you bet. You can come up here with Poppy today. So Jerk, you're just going to tell him. He's been learning some things about the Bible. And uh, who was it that had the coat of many colors? Do you remember? You're going to get bashful on me? You just told me a while ago. It was Joseph. Amen. Okay. All right. Grab hands with the person next to you. I'm going to speak this blessing over you all. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, and may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to, to, to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall, be, shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. And everybody said, Amen. Hug somebody's neck, fist bump, high five. Tell them, step into the light. Step into the light. Congratulations, Raiden, Lori, and Kyle. God bless you guys. Have a blessed week, everybody. God bless you.